I'm not going to lie. I like sleeping. I like staying in bed. Sometimes I need a reason to get out of bed. Well, here is a breakfast I always get out of bed for. It's Thomas's original nooks and crannies English muffins. It's nothing quite like that irresistible nooks and crannies texture. Perfectly toasted, crispy edges with a soft, warm center. They're very easy to prepare. Okay, you're just going to pull them apart. Use a fork to separate your Thomas's English muffin into halves. And then you lightly toast them. You top them with butter. You'll watch how it melts into all those amazing little nooks and cranny spaces. Thomas's Nooks and Crannies English muffins are a one-of-a-kind eating experience with a delicious burst of flavor in every warm, toasty, buttery bite. If you haven't already, you have to try Thomas's Nooks and Crannies English muffins. They're truly like no other. Do your career goals require you to take a standardized test like the GRE or GMAT? Know a high school student preparing for the ACT or SAT? Magoosh online test prep makes studying easier and more effective with study schedules, up-to-date practice questions, video lessons, and support from experts. Visit Magoosh, M-A-G-O-O-S-H dot com. Enter the promo code BEAUTIFUL for a 20% off discount. Hello, all you Atlantic City pianists. It's beautiful, anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody. Chris Gethard here, coming at you. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. Recording today in the Chris Gethard Show offices, Jared and Harry were nice enough to come here so we could uh, so we could work two jobs, two jobs at the same time. You might hear a little street noise in the background during the talking here. I do apologize on that, but you get to hear the real sounds of New York City in 2018. How about that? It's bound audio is what they call that. want to thank everybody who's part of the beautiful Anonymous Facebook group. Everybody really did enjoy uh, last week's episode. Thank you so much for that. The quiet rage one seemed to hit. Seems like a lot of people right now are feeling inhibited, and that episode seemed to get through. I had a feeling that one might strike a chord in this current era of time. Uh, also, I will tell you, uh, we've talked about it. The uh, the level of, of fun which you guys are all having with the English's, uh, the Thomas's English muffinettes, it makes me laugh really hard. And I can't believe it, it never has an, uh, uh, an ad campaign on this show gotten such a, a funny strange response um uh, sam j hodge actually in the uh, everybody knows sam j is the one of the moderators of the beautiful anonymous the community on facebook which is coming up by the way on thirty thousand members almost thirty thousand people in that group you should join up talk about episodes talk about other stuff it's a fun kind place sam j spearheaded a uh, thomas's english muffins fan fiction contest wanted to congratulate uh, facebook user scradley whiskerton I don't know if that's your real name, Scradley, but Scradley Whiskerton wrote some fan fiction fantasizing what it would be like to have me eat an English muffin in their kitchen. And it won the Thomas's English Muffin Fan Fiction Contest. You can read all the entries over there in the beautiful Anonymous Facebook group. Thanks for checking that out. Also, I'm probably coming to your town. That's a nice segue. We got dates coming up. ChrisGeth.com. I got the whole tour up there now. All the cities. We've added Montreal and Syracuse and Tempe and many more. January 2nd, Bloomington, Indiana. January 3rd, Chicago, Illinois. Maybe I'll see you guys there. You go to ChrisGeth.com. Links for all the tickets are right there. 
Let's talk about this week's episode. Very um, interesting circumstance. Something we haven't run into on the show before. This is a call that was recorded a, a long while ago, actually uh, January of 2017. We don't usually sit on our calls for this long. It's because the caller actually uh, reconsidered, asked us, hey, said, I, I shared some emotional stuff and I don't know totally if I feel right about having it all out there. And we said, of course, and we and we pulled it. Um, it was a call. The caller had lost someone, recently lost her uh, her grandma. And, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time chit-chatting. It, it's, it's kind of a throwback to the very early days of the show where the caller didn't necessarily come in with an agenda of stories to tell her, things to talk about. But we wound up talking about a bunch of different topics that tried to cheer her up. Um, and it, it kind of went in a bunch of different directions in a way I really loved. But the caller said, hey, I don't want it out there. We said, that's totally fine. We respect that. We're awful laid back around here. Now, we're working on a, a new project, actually, coming up on Stitcher Premium, maybe later this year. And it involved uh, Jared and Harry were actually uh, trying to track down some prior callers using the call logs from prior calls. Reached out, didn't realize that this caller was the one who had her call pulled, touched base with her. She said, you know what? I'm reconsidering. Let's put it out. So we now have this call that was uh, recorded a long while ago that kind of went into the ether, and now it's come back. Not only will you hear the call, stay tuned at the end of the episode. Actually, used it as an opportunity to the caller left a voicemail kind of explaining the whole situation from her perspective. And that's at the end. And, and that's very touching as well. You kind of get to hear with a, a year and change um, of, of distance from when this happened, where the caller's at today. So stay tuned at the end for that. Sort of an interesting, weird way for the whole call to come together and unfold. But ultimately a call I, uh, I really enjoyed and that I, I found pretty touching. I think you will too. Enjoy it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Is this Geth? Yeah, it's Geth. Thank you for using my abbreviated last name. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Can't believe I finally got on with you. I've been trying for a long time. Well done. Congrats. Your moment has finally arrived. Thank you. Yeah. I'm psyched. I'm psyched you got through wow. too. I'm psyched you got through as well. Yeah, this is like surreal. It's pretty surreal for me as well. I guess it kind of goes with the week I've been having, I guess. Well, what's that supposed to mean? Um, I guess kind of just like, I don't want to say it in like a negative way, but a very like weird time of my life, I guess. I've had a lot of things happen. A lot of changes, um, some good and some bad, but it's like a whole new learning experience for me. Well, I'm happy to. I am. I'm happy to listen to the good and the bad. Um, sorry, I'm trying to get somewhere more private right now. Okay. Why? Where are you at work? <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I'm actually working from home today. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just going to, like, a different part of the house. Um, yeah, I actually last week lost my grandma. Oh, I'm was sorry. A really... Thanks, yeah, she was a really close relative, her very close friend to me. So, it's, um, it's really weird without her. Um, we talked every day. We always FaceTimed and she was sick for a while. So, I mean, I knew it was coming, but 
it's still still a shock when it happens, you know? Yeah. I'm super sorry about that. I'm also, I will say this, also <laughs> very, very impressed that your grandma was adept at FaceTime. That speaks to her being a cool grandma. <laughs> yeah, she definitely was. Um, it's weird because I... We had like 60 years between us, but she was definitely like one of the people I was closest with like my entire life. So that's cool. It feels weird. Yeah, it's so sad, yeah, but that's so, cool that you had that relationship. I was, I grew up like within a few blocks of all four of my grandparents, but I don't, I don't think I was, I was close with them, but I wouldn't say it sounds like you were on like a genuine like friend level. Um, and I don't know that I had that. No, even with them so close by. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, my, my one grandfather was out of his goddamn gourd. And uh, my mom's parents were very devout Catholics um, who were from Ireland. Like, we, I wasn't, I wasn't faced, well, FaceTime didn't exist because I'm older than you, I think. But, yeah. Right. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. That's so sad. Yeah, no, it's, so it's just been kind of a, a strange week, kind of. I've never even lost anybody before, so to lose someone so close has been really, really just an experience, I guess. Yeah. It's just weird how quickly, like, life seems to go on without, um, like, you know, we have to clean out her condo and yeah, kind of, we have to arrange the funeral really quickly and, and just, I've been working a ton, you know, like, the world moves on. I've had to work like almost 50 hours this week. And I mean, it's good though. It's good. If I was just sitting at home kind of wallowing in sadness, it wouldn't be great. Yeah. So but, uh, you said she had been sick for a while. So were you, were you braced for this? Had she, had she talked to you about this, this potential or was that, was it something that was just kind of unsaid? Yeah, she had had um, some heart problems for years and it's congestive heart failure. So eventually people who have it, it will eventually, you know, wear down on them and wear their health down. But um, she really didn't want to die. Like she wasn't ready to die. She wasn't like in that headspace. So she wasn't feeling well last week and we went to, brought her to the doctor and, um, she ended up having to go to the hospital and she had kidney failure. So they couldn't give her these medicines that had helped her before. So the doctor kind of told us that uh, there wasn't really much more that they could do for her. So, yeah. But then a couple of days, she seemed fine though, you know, like she was mentally there. Um, I think that's the hard part is she was still herself and she wasn't really out of it at all. It was just the physical that she struggled with so yeah so I was kind of yeah a little taken aback when she died uh, last Wednesday morning and I it still felt so shocking because we were just talking you know the day before yeah I'm so sorry no yeah thank you thank you um, so what do but you it's better that she's not like drawn out in pain of course yeah what do you? What would you like this phone call to be? Because you're, you're, you know, you're, you're in a place of mourning, and I, I wanna, I want, I wanna just be here for you. So what, what would help? Would you? I mean, is it? Would you like to celebrate your grandmother? Tell me about her. Or do you want to, you know, talk about the process of of mourning someone close for the first time? Do you want me to act like an idiot and try to cheer you up? Like, there's a lot of, 
I don't want to <laughs> step on any toes. So this is really whatever you want it to be, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I hadn't really thought about it. I, I didn't think I would even get through, you know, I was just kind of dialing for fun. Um, so. And now you're on the goddamn hot it seat. It can be. I know. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we can just, it can be about anything. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really, saying. I don't want to be like a downer, like morning, but, um, yeah, it's just a different time. And I'm kind of also, I've been moving back and forth quite a bit in the last year. So I was lucky to be in the place that I am right now, which was close to my grandma because I was about a thousand miles away. Uh, for the last couple months, so. How come you moved so much? I guess. Um, well, for my husband's job. Uh-huh. I'm able, I work remote, so it hasn't really affected my job at all. But, um, yeah, for my husband's job, uh, we moved to a different city last summer. And we were planning on staying there, but um, we're actually moving again to another city uh, this summer. And do you have kids? Yeah. Do you have any kids? No, no, no kids. I'm um I'm 25. We uh we just got married a couple of years ago. Congrats! You got married young. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> young by the modern standards. Yeah. Young. Yeah, definitely. We're the first, the pioneers among our friends. That's cool. That's cool that your grandma got to know your uh, your husband a little bit. That's cool. Yeah, she loves him. Um, I mean, like, he's the kind of person that everybody loves. Um, but, yeah, they had a good relationship, too. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> you know, I'm, I'll tell you so, on my end. Have you ever? Oh, yeah. No, go for it. I know. I was just going to ask if you've ever, I don't know, been through, like, a similar situation, if you've lost anyone close to you and how you kind of dealt with it. Yeah, I've lost, I've lost a bunch of people. Um, I want to say on my end too. You really let, just let me know. You you let me know how we're doing throughout this call because I'll tell you I've I've had some really intense conversations throughout the course of this podcast, and this is the one that I feel sort of like most sensitive about because you're in the middle of it and it's something we all go through. And I don't ever want to. Uh, I don't want to ever make you. I want to make this call a positive. If I ever get, if you're ever like, hey, you're making too many jokes right now because you're trying to. You know, entertainment value. This one, just tell me, cut it out. I'll cut it out, okay? Okay, yeah. So yeah, I, I have... don't worry about offending me though. It's, you oh, don't have to worry about it. Fair. I, I've lost a number of people. I can tell you about my experiences because they were all hard. I lost my grand, my grandfather, my mom's dad. His name was Paul. He was from Armagh in Northern Ireland. He was a tough. He was a tough dude. He's a uh, cranky old man. When I knew him, loved him. Everybody says I look just like him. So I have pictures of him. I like know what I'm going to look like when I'm elderly because of him. This guy refused to die. He had like, I think, four heart attacks and two strokes before he finally kicked it. The guy just refused. He just was a, he was just a tough dude. And uh, I think he was, no, no, no. Well, my 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 dad's mom was my first grand, uh, grandparents, by the way. That was when I was seven. She had a stroke. So I, I got to know her, but I was very young. And then I think next was my... My dad's father, who was a, a person who was actually um, sort of insane, and I loved him. He grew up across, I grew up across the street from him, and he was nuts. He used to 
He once placed a fake skunk in my backyard and then knocked on my door at 7 in the morning in a panic telling me there was a skunk, and then he threw it at me after he pretended to kill it. He was nuts. He was the best. He was nuts. Then my grandma passed away, my mom's mom, and she was a pretty silent old lady, and then when she died, we found out all these crazy secrets about her. But that's just kind of what being Irish Catholic is, is no one talks about anything, and then when they die, you hear all this crazy shit that you never could have imagined ever. So that was my experience losing my grandparents. Oh, my God. Yeah. So all that's, of them. Uh, that's actually the same, same really? experience I've had this last week. Really? Yeah. What are, are yeah, because I'm Irish Catholic, too. And you're finding out all the real deal shit about your grandma, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. Now I'm telling you, I know that's overwhelming, but that is a thing that happens with all of us. I had no idea until my grandma died. All these goddamn secrets came out. All sorts of crazy stuff. So you're not alone in that. And yeah, I know it like, seems overwhelming. What are the, can I add, do you want to share any of the secrets you're learning? I'll share mine, but you, I mean, you don't have to. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a, not a long story, but um, yeah, my uncle told me this after the funeral last week um, that I guess she had just told him like a couple of months ago. Um, and I guess she shared it with some other relatives in our family, but like now, we all kind of know, but, um, yeah, very, so she was very obviously like Irish Catholic and very prim and proper. So you never expect anything really scandalous. Um, but I guess, so she, um, got married young. I think she was like 18 and, uh, to my grandfather. And, um, but then he went away for a while, uh, because he was in the war and um or in the army and he was away stationed in Europe and um so they kind of grew apart during that time I think it was like four or five years and um so when he came back they had both kind of been living very separate lives but um they made it work they had uh, my aunt and uncle and I guess um she went to Atlantic City one weekend with some girlfriends and she met a man, a aspiring pianist, and they um, carried on this affair your I guess, gra- for a while. Your grandma had a scandalous love affair. Or, you know, I shouldn't. Yes, yeah. That's I guess so she... rad. That's so rad. Did, yeah. Were you like psyched I when you found that? A while. Out? Yeah, it was like, Grandpa. Like, are you sure? Is this real? <laughs> with a pianist, and, um, she shacked up with some scumbag yeah. musician. I love it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was, it was just so funny. It's just, like, so hard to imagine her, like, living this, like, kind of secret, sort of scandalous life. But, um, I yeah. love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, and then um, my grandfather ended up dying, like, relatively young when they were in their 40s. He died of a heart attack. Um, and then I guess she tried to look him up after, you know, a couple years after it happened, but he had passed away too the pianist so i was like oh that's sad yeah oh so she was quietly pining for the pianist yeah i guess so it's like a i movie. mean i guess it was during like a rough rough patch in their marriage and of course they made up and then um ended up having my mom yeah so there is that strange thing yeah it's just, don't you feel like there's that strange thing with your elderly relatives where it's like you know you don't you're not psyched that 
someone, you, you'd never say, oh, it's cool that someone cheated and you don't want your grandpa to be cheated on. But there is some element of finding out that an elderly person who you knew as one thing had that in them in the past. There is something beautiful about that, even though it is also clearly behavior that no one's thrilled to condone. Yeah. But it's cool. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, it's not like something I'm like, you know, cheering for or anything, but it's just kind of funny to find out these other parts of their lives. And obviously everybody's, you know, like does dumb shit when they're young or yeah. things that they're not proud of. Um, we- but yeah, it was, it was funny to kind of find out this other little world about her. Yeah, we found out my my grandma, she at one point was a nun and she pieced out on that. That we didn't know. We didn't know uh the big one, her she was kidnapped as a child. <laughs> she was kidnapped as a really? child. Yeah, and forced into domestic service by by her own grandma. Her grandma was like holding her nose, making her cook and clean. And then her uncle broke her out, and then nobody ever talked about it, and they all hung out. Because, again, Irish Catholic, dark, the darkest <laughs> shit. The darkest mm-hmm. shit. We just choose to – let's everybody just never, ever reference it and move on. That's mm-hmm. the Irish Catholic way. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's true. How was her wake? Was wow. her wake – I don't mean this as a rude question. I think as an Irish, an Irish American, you'll understand this question. Was her wake fun? Um, it actually, I think it was like the nicest wake I've ever been to. Like, I felt weird saying that, like to my family when we got home, I was like, that was actually like a really well done wake. I was like, is that a weird thing to say? Like, it makes it sound like a party, but, um, that's how we do it. It's kind of an agreement. I would, (laughs) I would say that some of the most fun parties I've been to in my 36 years on earth have been Irish wakes. They get fun. Really? Everybody's in the back yeah. making jokes. All the, everybody goes in the back making jokes. When my grandma died, my uncle, he really couldn't handle it. He, he was the only son, and, and God bless him. I love my uncle. But he, I think he took an Ambien or something to try to get through it, and then he started like saying – he had like many comments on, on the Morticia. How the, 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 he was like, this doesn't even look like my mom. Who is this? Who is – what is this? What are we – like they did not do a great job – Making her, she didn't quite look like herself. My uncle had many allowed comment on that, and then it was pretty. Uh, and then everybody did. Every, usually, everybody goes back to somebody's house, and people just get drunk. Irish wakes fun. If you've never, if you're out there listening, you've never been to an Irish wake. Do yourself a favor. Those and bar mitzvahs to this day, super fun part. I don't. I think the most fun parties I've ever been to were bar mitzvahs when I was thirteen. <laughs> I just went to a bar mitzvah like a year ago. I'd never been to one before. Really? But it was like a crazy nice party. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is a 13-year-old's my fr- birthday party. My friend Brad Dochev had an ice sculpture of himself dunking a basketball. This is the most baller shit I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they go all out. Yeah. There are some fancy, fancy times. I wish I had a bar mitzvah. I had a confirmation. It just felt creepy. Oh, I never had a confirmation. Oh, yeah. You didn't stick with the Catholicism thing too long then, huh? No, no. Actually, I had um, all the way, like, until high school. And then my church, uh, my family's church, uh, they wanted the parents to start coming to the classes. Like, that was part of it. And my parents were like, nope, I'm done. (laughs) Ah, that's great. (laughs) They're bad guys. Yeah, my mom would have gone. My dad would have been like, no, thank you. 
stay home, watch <laughs> Star Trek, the original yeah. series. So what else? What else? What else did you find out about your grandma? What are your greatest memories? I can tell you more secrets about mine. My grandma apparently was friends with Eleanor Roosevelt. Who knew? Who knew? Really? Yeah, I guess. How, how did this friendship happen? No one's quite sure the level of it or what it happened. My grandma had this habit of just quietly saying things under her breath. And one day, I think somebody was watching like PBS, and and it was something about the Roosevelts. And my grandma was just like, "Oh, she was a very nice lady. She was very good to me." And people were like, what are you talking about, Nan? And she was like, oh, she was very kind. I met her. I guess my, my grandma, when she emig- immigrated, she came from – she moved to Brooklyn first before Jersey. And I think t- the story I heard is that during the Great Depression, there were a lot of uh, camps set up in upstate New York for city kids. Um, and the boys would go to camps to learn, you know, like um, – like industrial skills and and the girls would go to st- like to sort of like hallmark camps learn domestic skills. My grandmother went to one of these camps and I guess Eleanor Roosevelt had a lot to do with setting them up and uh she visited and apparently her and my grandmother hit it off and supposedly there were times where Eleanor Roosevelt came through New Jersey and would stop by to visit my grandma. I don't know how much of this is true or how much is just cobbled together family legend. My grandmother was a very quiet, humble lady who apparently just dropped all this a few years before she died, just dropped all this knowledge. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Nobody messes around with the secrets. That's crazy. Nobody keeps a secret yeah. like an Irish Catholic. What else? Wow. What else? What, what else should I know about your grandma? She sounds like a cool lady. I want to hear more about this cool grandma. I'm looking forward to the answer to that question. But before we get to it, you know, this show, we, we get to bring it to you for free every week. And, and that's because we have a lot of kind sponsors who, uh, who get behind this show. They have products. They have services. They, wanna, they want you to know about them. I want you to know about them. Check them out. Subscribe. They might be things that are right up your alley. We'll be back with more call right after this. These days, you can get practically everything on demand, right? Like this podcast right here. You get to listen whenever you want, when it's convenient for you. So why... Are you still taking trips to the post office when you can get postage on demand at stamps.com? With stamps.com, you can access all the amazing services of the post office right from your desk 24-7 when it's convenient for you. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package using your own computer and printer. Then the mail carrier picks it up. Just click, print, mail, and you're done. It couldn't be easier. And I can speak to this. I've used stamps.com. It's an amazing service. We got the scale at our house. When my wife's sending out uh, her albums, when I'm sending out copies of my book, it makes life so much quicker, so much easier. It, it removes a lot of stress, really does, and saves you time in the process. Okay, I've used it. I recommend it right now. Use the code BEAUTIFUL for this special offer. Up to $55 of free postage, a digital scale, and a four-week trial. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in beautiful. That's stamps.com. Enter beautiful. Are you hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. 
They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Thank you so much to our sponsors. Thank you to you guys who listen to this show. And we got more show coming. Let's hear more from this very nice young lady. What else What, what else should I know about your grandma? She sounds like a cool lady. Um, she lived a really interesting life, you know, like, just like, I'm just thinking about our conversations over the years and all the places that she lived. Like, she lived in Europe. She traveled a bunch. Um, she lived all over the United States. And it's just funny now. It seems like a lot of people, like, we just stay in, like, one area and don't end up moving. I mean, like, they had to move a lot because my grandfather was in the service. So I guess maybe maybe people still do. But what a very interesting life. But I guess all in all, she was just a really, like, a very genuine person. And she was very reliable. Like, even well into her 80s, I feel like she was just one of the most reliable people I've ever known. So, That's and cool. I hope that I can say that about myself, and too, when, at least one day. And when you say that you and your grandma had, like, a friend-level relationship, what's the type of stuff you would share with your grandma that maybe I or other listeners aren't sharing with their grandmas? Why, did, why would you say that it actually crossed over into a friend level beyond just the, the relation? Um, I guess. Like if I was stressed out with my job, I could kind of like vent to her and like she could understand. Like she was somebody that you could kind of vent to or tell your secrets to and like know that they weren't going to be spread to anyone else or that she wasn't going to try to sway you in one direction or another. You know, like she would just really, really, she was a good listener. Um, when I was first getting married, I got really freaked out. Um, and I wasn't sure if it was something that was even something I wanted to go through with. And she was there for me with that. That's cool. And again, like didn't, didn't try to sway me in one direction or another, but it was just nice to have somebody, you know, that you could vent to who would just listen. Yeah. That's nice. You had the cold, you had the cold yeah, feet. Like, you had the cold feet, huh? Yeah, but um I mean, I've since realized that almost everybody I know had cold feet. I mean, even if you're excited about it. It's yeah. a nerve-wracking thing. It's a big it's a big life decision. It's a big thing. Yeah, I that pressure. I never had the cold feet. I, I had I had more of a gripping fear that my wife was going to come to her senses and have the cold feet. My vows actually encouraged her. Um, we got married in upstate New York, and and I said, you know, we are in we are in the mountains. These are literal hills. If you want to run for them, now is the time to do it. I had very self-deprecating vows, kind of encouraging her to leave if she felt like it. And I said, I would totally understand because I know who I am, and uh, I get it. I get if you want to, if you if you need to if you need to split, now's the time. My wife was also late to our wedding, and my whole family thought I was being jilted at the altar. 
They did. No, really? Yeah, because so we got married at the well, summer camp. Why was she late? Okay, so we got married at the summer camp. It was very, very DIY. We tried to save some money. And she was going to get ready, and there was a big miscommunication because she walked past our reception hall and realized that there was no silverware put out anywhere. But everybody else had already changed and was at the happy hour. So my wife, my poor wife, on her own put out all the silverware in the reception hall in a panic, and I thought she was getting ready. Now here's the secret. Spoiler alert. My wife entered our ceremony. There was a zip line over the lake at this camp, big giant zip line. She entered. She's the best. My wife's the best. She enters on a zip line. Yeah, I think I've heard you said this. Yeah, she comes flying over the lake on this zip line. It's super rad. But she had this big delay because she had to do the silver, then get ready. And that involved, you know, makeup, hair, getting this decoy dress because she's zip lining. We had a whole plan. So I didn't know that. And I went to the altar. Not even intending to set any, like, like get it going, but everybody saw me walk to the altar, and then everybody was like, oh, I guess the ceremony's starting, and then everybody came and sat down. And then meanwhile, she's got this big delay that I didn't know because we were doing it all ourselves. So I'm standing up there, like, probably about half an hour, and every, I, but I knew, like, it was a big secret. Nobody knew she was entering on the zip line, so I knew, okay, something's going on with the zip line, she's getting ready. Every nobody else knew that, and I realized, oh, they think that my pretty wife is, is probably took a look at me and is reconsidering. And you know who the only person, the only person, all my friends, all my loved ones, all my family, the only person to come up to me to see if I was doing okay. The only person who got up and bravely walked up to the altar and was like, "How you doing, buddy? All right?" Comedian Mike Berbiglia, the only guy, the only dude who went out of his way. My aunts, my uncles, my cousins—they just sat there, assuming that I was. Um, experiencing a, a public and humiliating disaster being left at the altar. And they all apparently were fine with that. Berbiglia came, checked on me. It was nice. Good friend, that Mike Berbiglia. Oh, yeah. At least you can always count on your friends, right? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, at least, I mean, one, one of them. Out of the many friends I can count, apparently. <laughs> one friend. I'm one of them. The rest of them, all just feeling bad for me. That's okay. So then she came in on the zip line. She got stuck in the lake. It was the best. That's the other thing. She comes in on the zip line, and this dress hits the water. She gets stuck halfway through. So the guy who ran the zip line, it was this Australian rock climber dude that the camp had hired to run the zip line. So my wedding involved me watching a super jacked, buff, hot Australian guy rescue my wife, rescue my fiance, and bring her. I was like, well, she, I mean, if this guy. Because she had to get in a golf cart and come. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if this golf cart comes by and the Australian guy is driving it and they just leave the camp together. It was like a real moment of fear, <laughs> real moment of fear and panic for me that this super hot Australian guy was going to take my fiance off the zip line. And then I'd have to just like say, like, well, more, pow- more power to you. I hope you all enjoy your lives. Did someone get this on video? I hope. Yeah, my friend. This entire. This is a weird sentence I get to say. My friend Banana Man taped the whole thing. <laughs> That's how I live. I Your friend f- Banana Man? Yeah, I got a That's friend named his, Banana his Man. Name. No, his real name's Keith, but uh, yeah, everybody calls him Banana Man because he dresses in a, you know, a banana suit. I, I live a weird life. A lot of listeners to Beautiful Anonymous only know me through this. They don't understand that. I'm not only am I a comedian in real life, I'm actually a very uh, kind of notoriously strange fringe comedian so a lot of them don't know that. But, yeah, I got, I got this friend named Banana Man. He's involved in my comedy, dresses as a banana, and he, he did the video. Good guy, Banana Man. <sighs> anyway. That's awesome. You have a very interesting life, Chris. <laughs> I got, it's a little weird at times, but I'm pretty happy with it. And it all worked out okay, it seems, at least for now. Who knows? In two years, it could be 
Two years is the biggest buffer zone I've ever had of knowing if I'm going to be okay. I got two years where I'm pretty certain I'm okay, and then it be a complete disaster after, disaster after that. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, I don't want to make it about me. But I hope that, you know, I'm trying to cheer you up a little bit over here, I'm trying to do my part. Yeah, no, I'm really, really enjoying it. Thank you. Please, thank you. So you said that you had some good and bad in recent times. Your grandma, that's a bad one. That's That's really bad. And again, my condolences. What are some of the good things you mentioned? You said you had some good and bad going on. Yeah, um, I guess all the moving, you know, um, I, for, I guess for about 24, 25 years, I lived in the same town, hadn't moved. Um, I went to college in the same town that I grew up in. So I then moved about a thousand miles away, maybe more um, for my husband's job. So we're in this new city um, in the South, and I really love it there, actually. I could see myself living there a lot longer than one year, but um, we're moving back uh, to a city in the Northeast in the summer. Um, so it's been a lot, of, a lot of change. I feel like my life has really shaken up in some good, good ways. That's cool. You getting out of my... Yeah, kind of getting out of my shell. I'm kind of a very introverted person. Yeah. Um, What's your husband do that? He's got to move around so much. Um, He's an auditor at um, at like a big accounting firm. Wow. That sounds sounds very respectable. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, it's a big change for him, too. He actually used to be a musician. Really? um, Until a couple years ago. Hmm. Yeah. So... he was a touring guitarist for a very long time. Touring guitarist, look at that! Mm-hmm. Look at that! I don't. Yeah. I'm not. I don't want to. Uh, a musician. A musician. Look at that! Yeah. It runs in your family. <laughs> runs in the blood. Runs in your family. I know. Apparently, we're all attracted to the musicians. You guys love the musicians. <laughs> yeah, love musicians. It's a hard, hard life, though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's not My easy. Way. My wife's a musician. That's right. Yeah, she's in a band. Yeah, Hiccup. Their new album's yeah. about to come out. It's the best. They're great. Her and my friend Messenger back. Does she? <laughs> Everybody I know has a nickname. Does she tour? She does. She tours a bunch. Yeah, plays many of the uh, many of the punk venues all over this grand country of ours. And uh, yeah, if anybody's in, if anybody out there wants to see my wife, she'll be touring a bunch, supporting this new album. Go see Hiccup. Anonymous fans. So your husband, when you guys got together, was he a touring guitarist? Yes. Yeah, he was. That's cool. And that's how he made um, his living. Yeah. What kind of band? They're like a a rock, soul kind of band. That's cool. And you'd go, you'd see him play. Yeah. You'd go see him play. I would, yeah. I tried to go go with him as much as I could. That's pretty hot. You watch your man up there shredding a solo. That's pretty attractive, huh? Yeah, definitely. That's rad. That's cool. And but now he he went. He, yeah. He he went. He got the he got a dependable job. Yeah, he did. He went. He finished his degree. He got a master's degree, and um, he left the band. It was just too. Wasn't really the lifestyle he wanted in the end. Yeah. You can't, um. You can't I mean, I was forever. fully supportive of it. I think people people think that I probably wasn't. Um. And everyone's like, oh, you must be so happy that he's changed careers. I'm like, well, 
it wasn't, I wasn't pushing for it, you know, like I just want him to be happy. Yeah. And he wasn't happy ultimately doing that. So. Yeah. People, that rock and roll lifestyle seems fun for a short while, but then at the end of the day, man, there's no guarantees. Nobody makes money off of actual album sales. You have to tour relentlessly. You have to sell a ton of t-shirts. That's, it's not, that is, that gig is like really, I got many musician friends and it's not a, it is a surprisingly, you have, you have to reach a, people would be surprised at the level of success you need to reach as a musician to actually pay your bills with it. It's really, it's really remarkable. Yeah, exactly. I don't think people, people really know that generally. Yeah. 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 This hit a weird impasse out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, and a little awkward silence there. Yeah, we were having a great conversation, getting along, sharing things about each other's lives, and then it hit a fucking brick wall, zero to 60. I don't sorry about that, Sally, but it really hit a goddamn (laughs) brick wall. Yeah, she's not going to be psyched. I said the F word. She hates when I say the F word. I'm sorry, Ma. I know, I know. But wait, sorry, well, Sally. Why did that happen? Why did you and me? We just we we just both heard it. There was 10 seconds of neither one of us knowing what to do or say when we'd been doing great up until then. I know. I don't know. I guess on my end, I was kind of staring at my dog. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. I guess that's fair. Yeah. I've got my dog here, and I've actually got my grandma's dog here, too. Oh, you just broke my heart. You just broke everybody's heart. Do you know that? You didn't even mean to. You just broke everybody's heart. Yeah, You you adopted your grandma's dog? Um, I would like to, but uh, my mom also wants to adopt her. So uh, we're kind of battling it out right now for who's going to get the dog. That's good. You know, um, the set. A lot of times, it's like who's gonna, who, who, who's gonna, who has to take the dog. That's nice. The dog's gonna have a lot of love. People fighting over the dog. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as sad as this whole situation is, it's kind of worked out almost as best as possible. Yeah. Like everybody, everybody's been helping. Everybody's come together. Everybody wants to like have a piece of her to remember and wants to take care of the things that were important to her. That's cool. So, so yeah, this dog will definitely be loved no matter where she ends up. Yeah. When my grandpa died, I took the stuffed skunk. I mentioned that skunk, he, that bizarre skunk thing that I mentioned. I have that skunk. That's the thing I took from my grandfather that I have to remember him by. A skunk? The guy was nuts. So I'm in seventh grade. I'm watching cartoons on a Saturday morning. I'm in my underwear. And there's this, like, violent banging and yelling at our back door. So I run up the basement steps. My grandpa's at the back door. He's like, let me in, let me in, quick, quick, quick. He points. He's like, look. And he points. And in our on our grass is this skunk, and it's sitting totally still. And he's like, I'm like, oh, God. And, and my mom's like, we'll call animal control. He's like, no, get me a broom. I'll kill it. We're like, what are you talking about, you maniac? And he's like, it's a little known thing that skunks have incredibly soft skulls. And if you just tap their skull, it collapses and gives them this painless death. I'll just kill the skunk. Like, you can't do that. You're going to get sprayed by the skunk. And, and, and nobody wants to watch you just kill a living thing. What's wrong with you? But he's, yeah. he was, he's, you know, he's like, get me the thing. He's always like, get me a broom. Blah, blah, blah. And I watch him and he like, he like tiptoes up to the skunk. And he's, I mean, the guy's old at this point. I've never seen him this agile. It was, it was remarkable that he had this in him. And he takes the broom and he brings it down on the skunk and then he picks up the skunk and he throws it at me. 
and I catch it, and it's a stuffed skunk. It's like a stuffed animal that looks pretty real. And he's like, ah, I got you, I got you. And I'm like, I thought you were throwing a dead skunk at me. It's 7 in the morning. Like, what time did you wake up and sneak into our yard to do this, you crackpot? But anyway. <laughs> Grandpa was a jokester. Guy was nuts. He also lit his own lawn. He once lit his own lawn on fire, and then um, I, I had, I ran over. I watch. I could, I could see his yard from my bedroom window, and I saw he, he was. It looked like he was like dancing in his backyard, and then I realized he was trying to stamp out flames. And I ran over, and and I, I, I ran into his house. I hadn't been in his house many years since my grandma died. When my grandma died, my grandfather told me that her ghost haunted his house. And I never went because he was depressed. He didn't want me around. He didn't want me and my brother bothering him. So I hadn't been in his house in years. And I run in and I'm like, oh, it looks the same. This is trippy. And I couldn't find a bucket. So I just took his teapot and I'm like running around trying to put out this fire, pouring the water out of the teapot, like actual tea. Like I wasn't even tossing it. And then my neighbor put it out with his hose. And then I was like, what happened? And he's like, I lit my lawn on fire. And I'm like, why did you do that? And he's like, well, it was getting really long. And I didn't want to mow it. And then he's like, it's actually your fault. You said you were going to mow it. I was like, I never said that. I never told you I was going to mow this lawn. If you asked me, I would have mowed the lawn. You light it on fire and blame me. He was crazy. He refused <laughs> oh to stop God. driving. Sounds like a trip. Yeah, he was nuts. He, he refused to stop driving. And, and he once crashed his car. <laughs> he crashed his car into a parked car on our block and this kid, it was the it was the boyfriend of the girl who lived across the street from me. Came running out, and he just rolled down the window. He's like, "Hey, it's all right. I'm Kenny's father." And he, my dad was sitting on her. He was on her front lawn. He was like working on the uh, the flowers. He just like pointed at my dad and drove away. And my dad's like, "I gotta handle this because you just crashed a car. You just drive away and point at me." I was crazy. I loved him though. He died. He didn't. Wow. It, it turned out he. It, we didn't even know he was sick. I, if I remember right, he had cancer. He had something, but he didn't tell anybody. And we just went to his house one day, and he was. Uh, he had laid out all his papers, all his financials, his will. He just laid everything out on the table. He knew he was gone. He didn't want to. He didn't want anybody sad. He didn't want anybody bothering him. He was just like, I'm just gonna go out. He had fun. The guy lost. The guy was pretty nuts, but he had a lot of fun. I hope I'm like that. Yeah. 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 I guess that's all that, that matters, really, that you had fun and you had a life that you really fully enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a yeah. good thing to aim for, right? Yeah. I wonder who that pianist was. Who's this Atlantic City pianist? <laughs> I know, right? Who's this Atlantic City Atlantic pianist? Atlantic City pianist. What years would this be? Um, This would have been in the 50s. Yeah, I bet Atlantic City was yeah, still hopping then. I bet it was hopping then. Yeah, it was like the place to be. You've been to Atlantic City lately? Have I? I've never been to Atlantic City now. You got to go. It's like walking into a dystopian nightmare. It's nuts. It's one of the most bizarre places. <laughs> Is it a bad thing or a good thing? Well, it's, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a man of New Jersey and I don't, I'm, I certainly, there's, there's it, it, the town, it's always, it was always the casinos and then the rest of the town. And the, the rest of the town was always notoriously pretty rough. And now the casinos are closing and this town is pretty down and out. And it's pretty fun to go to the casinos, but it's bizarre to go to this town that is a very desolate place with a handful of casinos in the middle. And you go in the winter, because it's right on the ocean. Nobody wants to go to the ocean in the winter, and you just go, and it's like, well, this is a brutally, relentlessly unforgiving place. I 
think I'm going to go play some Let It Ride, go play the table games, you know, but it's a weird place. You should, everybody, everybody should check it out. Support Atlantic City. It's kind of the most fun place I've ever been. I recently went on a Sunday night and was in the poker room watching some friends play and a man a few tables over cracked and lost his mind. It was about 3.30 in the morning on a Sunday into Monday and he started flipping out and security grabbed him and while they were dragging him out, he started yelling, God will smite all of you. God is going to smite all of you for this as they dragged him out. And I was like, man, if you're gambling at 3.30 a.m. on a Sunday into Monday and you lose your – that's like this is – I'm watching someone's rock bottom. I'm watching a rock bottom happen in front of me. God will – as he makes eye contact with me and tells me God will smite me. It's a pretty – Atlantic City is the best. We should do – maybe Beautiful (laughs) Anonymous, maybe we should do a big fan convention at Atlantic City on the coldest day of the year. Maybe we should do that. Who knows? I'm just trying to cheer you up here. Everybody's going to say I'm talking too much in this episode, but I'm just trying to cheer you up, tell you some weird stories. Going to go ahead and pause right there, and I know I set myself over. Some people love when I talk too much. Some people hate when I talk too much, and I love reading about all of it. Tell me about all of it. I love it. And you know what else you should do while we're taking this little pause? And I'm laughing at that. Is we got sponsors. They help bring us this show to the world for free. So I hope you guys use the promo code, support the show, and we'll be back with more call right after this. Your alarm's going off and you're tempted to hit that snooze button. If only there was something worth getting out of bed for. Oh, wait. There is. Thomas's is the only breakfast brand that delivers a one of a kind eating experience with its original Nooks and Crannies English muffin. There's nothing quite like this. Okay, we got that nooks and crannies texture, perfectly toasted, giving you that irresistibly crispy edge, that soft, warm center. Take it from a true fan. And and I've seen a lot of you guys out there, true fans as well. These ads have reminded you of your lifelong love of Thomas's English muffins. Secret to revealing that perfect nooks and crannies goodness every time, you're going to want to gently pull that English muffin apart into halves, okay? Use a fork to split them if you have to. I would say don't use a knife, okay? It's a, it's a little bit brutal. It's not as elegant as an English muffin deserves. You're going to toast each half soon as it pops out. This is key. Get that butter on right away. Be standing next to that toaster with your butter ready to go. Get it in there. It melts. It pools. It fills those little nooks and crannies spaces. It's a delicious burst of flavor in every warm, toasty, buttery bite. If you haven't had them already, you have to toast and butter some Thomas's Nooks and Crannies English muffins. They're truly like no other. Thanks so much to all our sponsors. Let's go ahead. Let's finish off this phone call. Let's have some fun. I'm just trying to cheer you up here. Everybody's going to say I'm talking too much in this episode, but I'm just trying to cheer you up, tell you no. some weird stories. It's okay. I'm I'm like a quiet person, and I feel like I always let people take the lead, so this is kind of a very natural conversation for me. Well, yeah, and me too. And it seems you sound introverted, and also you got a lot on your mind, so I'm just trying to feel that out and, and jump in, try to maybe get you... I feel very lucky. One of the things I like about being a comedian is I feel like my job is that if I if you're having a bad day and I can make you laugh, that's a pretty that's like a pretty good job description. You know, it's a pretty good goal to have with a job. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just trying to make yeah, you laugh. You really do. But when do you, a lot for other people if you think about it. Yeah, there's many people who do a lot more than comedians. Comedians are also notorious <laughs> scum people, so we've got that going for us too. It's not like we're Jedi Knights traveling the world trying to spread laughter and joy. It's also a lot of true moments of darkness and scum that happen even to the most 
kind comedians. When I say happen to, I mean that we perpetuate cause and participate in. Anyway, yeah, some of the things you'd see out on the road are not the best. And you see some great stuff, too. Yeah. Who knows? Have you always been this extroverted? I'm actually, a, a, here's a thing you, you won't believe about me. I am actually a... Uh, terrifically shy person in my day-to-day life. I'm only extroverted when it comes to performing or being on stage. I think a big part of this podcast, actually, one of the reasons that I wanted to, that I had this idea was because I feel like I'm so prone to being shy. Um, And also because of the nature of having a phone these days, I spend so much time like hiding in my phone and hiding from people that I wanted to have an hour of my week where I shut off my phone and just talk to someone genuinely. That was a big part of it for me because I'm actually pretty introverted. Hmm, That's really interesting to know. Yeah. I I would never have thought that about you really. Yeah. I mean, I think I grew up feeling like I had a lot of uh, unexpressed feelings. And when I found, when I found out that you could get on stage and, and uh, just express those things, I always felt like, comedy to me was like if you could if you say something that you really believe in a crowd laughs they're effectively saying like hey you're not alone like you're not crazy for thinking that we get it we agree on some level that's part of why i do what i do hmm. that's really it's really good to know maybe i'm in the wrong profession Who, how do you like working from home i would imagine that's pretty sweet but also you know you don't see any people huh yeah um it's good, actually. Like, I end up Skyping with people a lot or talking, um, emailing or talking on the phone. But, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's awesome in one way, but it's it's just another way for me to kind of, like, isolate myself further. Yeah. So, I guess I am kind of seeing some downsides to it. Yeah. Um, you sound like you're not thrilled with being I mean, as introverted as you are. Is that a thing you're looking to change? Yeah. Um, yeah, actually. Yeah, I'm kind of like one of those people who like think so much and like writes a lot, but um, like verbalizing it is much more difficult. And I don't know why it's kind of like really frustrating. That's interesting. Has it always been frustrating or is that like becoming more pronounced in recent years? It's always been frustrating, I think, but I, I've only started seeing like a therapist recently within the last year. That's nice. And that's helped a lot. Well um, done. Well done. Thanks. And what's step? Yeah, I actually... Oh, no, talk. What? Go for it. I was just going to tell you that I, before I had ever seen a therapist, like I listened to Beautiful Anonymous when you started it, I think, last March or April. And just the kind of the things you said in the first couple of calls about like seeing a therapist and getting help and stuff like that was kind of what made me really give it some thought. That's nice. That's really nice to hear. And you're, and you're enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much it's helped tremendously so far, but it's definitely given me a lot to think about. Nice. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad to help in some small way. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you'd be happy to know that. Yeah. That's cool. And what this ca- is a really, really great podcast. Thanks. I feel I feel okay about it most of the time. <laughs> Just okay? Yeah. 
I get a little, I don't know, I get a little caught up sometimes. I worry I'm letting everybody down. And I only, I get, every episode gets a lot of positive feedback. I ignore all of that. And I only, I only, I only let the one, the, the dissatisfied people register in my brain and my heart. That's how I roll because I'm nuts. Anyway, what are you doing to be more extroverted? What actions are you taking to overcome your introverted nature? Um... I don't know, actually. That's a good question. No, I'm I'm trying to be more social, like accept more, like go out more to parties, not kind of turn everybody down when people want to hang out, do more things in groups. Um, I live in a new city, so, and we don't know anybody, or I don't really know anybody there. So had to go out and meet new people and that's definitely been different for me living in the same place you kind of get used to being with people that you've been friends with forever and not really having to go outside of your regular social circle yeah um so I've definitely met people in different different ways that I never did before what kind of like what kind of stuff do you like to do when you go out on the town um when I go out on the town my guess like my guess, knowing you for 46 minutes, not karaoke. You're not a karaoke person at all. Oh, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Um, I mean, I've made a lot of friends, actually, from this yoga class that I do. Nice. Um, in, in the city I'm living in. Yeah. Um, there's, like, a website called uh, Meetup where, mm-hmm. like, there's all different kinds of things uh, people post that you can go to um there's trivia nights at bars that i do Mm -hmm. i usually don't like i don't go by myself like i go with my husband or a couple friends yeah and you have a team and you give the team a funny name yeah like if it's movie themed trivia you'll be like uh you call what do you call yourself like the galactic empire and then that team gets all the star wars questions right oh that was an adorable dog sound in the background oh yeah that was my dog look at that Look at that. Me and you just chit-chatting, getting along. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. You don't you don't have a karaoke song then, huh? You don't get the go-to songs? No. No, I've never done karaoke. Never once. I've never even really watched karaoke. I'm going to give you a challenge. As an introverted person trying to overcome it, I'm going to give you a challenge. Do karaoke one time for me. And don't go to a private room. You do one of the ones where everybody watches, and you'll have fun. It'll be night. It'll be a nightmare, but you'll like it. You sing one song. You sing one song, and before you say it, you say, "This is a person that no one knows, but this is for my friend Chris Gethard." And then you sing a song. <laughs> That's a challenge. You really want me to do that? I do. I would love it. I would love to know that somewhere out there. A, a a shy a shy girl going through a tough time who's trying to maybe be get a little bit out of her shell does an activity that could not be more nerve wracking for an introverted person and dedicates it to me. That would mean a lot to me. That would mean a lot to me. Oh, because I got my okay. I got my go to songs. You got okay. What's give me a recommendation? Don't stop me now by Queen. You want to light a karaoke room on fire? You look like me. You look like a little shy nerd, and you get up there and you impersonate Freddie Mercury. This is why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit. I'm driving at the speed of light. I want to make a supersonic man out of you. Don't stop me. Don't stop me. Yeah, yeah. Don't stop me. Don't stop me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Don't stop me. 
gonna have a good time, good time, Tommy. And then you got to dance during the solo or else you lose everybody. <laughs> and there's dancing too. Okay. You got it. Right. Do it for me as a challenge to yourself and as a gift to me. Sing one song, karaoke. Who knows? I don't even know why I'm saying <laughs> that. I'm just having fun with you. I'm just trying to make you laugh. Sad, sad. Can I, can I tell you what city that I live in? Sure. Because I think you'll find it funny. I live in Nashville. So. <laughs> Oh, Nashville. Oh, there's plenty, plenty oh, of what's that main What's that main drag? What's that main drag? I did I did comedy at Zany's. Broadway. Broadway. That, there's oh, Zany's. I live right near Zany's. I tell you, I would I love to right come back. I would love to tell you, like, hey, I'll come back to Zany's someday, and uh, and maybe we'll meet. But the bottom line is I bombed really hard and sold no tickets, and I can't imagine they're clamoring to have me back anytime soon. But they had me. Really? Bobcat Goldthwaite was in the early show, and then they had me and a buddy of mine on the late show. Everybody was like, "I'm not, I'm not gonna go see this guy I've never heard of whose last name spells the words Get Hard. I'm gonna go see Bobcat Goldthwaite. He was in Police Academy, played Zed. He's the best." Nashville, you can go. See, you can go do karaoke seven nights a week. You probably there's probably a karaoke room open twenty four hours a day every single day in Nashville. Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Oh, now, that main drag is so fun with all those. Are those honky-tonk bars? Is that Do those qualify as honky-tonks? Yeah, yeah. They're called honky-tonks. They've got like three floors, a lot of them, with like different music on every floor. Yeah, that town is cool, and that street is real cool. And I know it's super touristy, but it's cool. Yeah, it's crazy. I never really go down there um, just because yeah. it's you know so touristy. I feel like, like it's like the Times Square of Nashville, but yeah, nobody in but, New York's um, hanging out in Times Square. It also seems like a place where people get dangerously drunk all the time. Oh yeah, the first time I went there, I like stepped out of the Uber and like this girl was in front of the car, just threw up all over the place. Oh, that's such a fun nightmare! And that's, <laughs> what a nightmare! Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's nuts. And you ever get the hot chicken? You ever go to that hot chicken place? Oh yeah, their hot chicken is. Incredible. Yeah, I gave up the Actually, chicken all the a year food ago. There is incredible. Oof, yeah, get the southern for the barbecue. You landed in a good town, and there's a lot of cool like DIY, like punk music too. Isn't Diarrhea Planet from Nashville? Oh, I don't know them. That's a good band. Look, yeah, they look are... past the fact that they have the worst name in the history of music. Actually, a really good punk band, and it's hilarious to name your band Diarrhea Planet. To be so confident in your music that you can get away with the name Diarrhea Planet is a bold move. They're a punk band? They are, and they rule. They're loud. Huh. Yeah. Huh. I'll have to check them out. Yeah, Nashville has a lot of, a lot of cool music. A lot of cool stuff Outside going of on. country. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. seems like a cool town where you can, like, live pretty well for reasonably cheap, and there's a lot of just, like, laid-back people around. That's my sense of Nashville. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. A good observation. That's cool. That's a cool place to wind up. So you're just now, you're just chilling, trying to come out of your shell, doing a bunch of yoga in Nashville, grieving for your grandma, who sounds like a cool lady. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not in Nashville right now. I'm uh I'm back in uh the hometown that for a little ma- while. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense. I'm sorry you've been having a tough time. You seem so nice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's, I'll get through it. It's just uh, the whole year, really. It's been kind of a big life changer. 
Yeah. Between the moves but and the hard. loss. That's how it goes, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's life as I'm learning. Yeah. Why'd you go to college in the same town you grew up in? You had no desire to spread your wings, see anything else, huh? Yeah, I think I was just kind of nervous. Um, nervous about leaving and um, just wanted to stay close by. A lot of my friends stayed close, too, so it's not like I was like left here by myself or anything. Yeah. Um, and was it a city? Did you grow yeah, up in a city? Yeah, looking back on it, uh, no, suburb. State College, Pennsylvania, Penn State, <laughs> true or false? False, no. Damn it. I thought I nailed it. <sighs> no, you probably won't get it. Probably not. And I'm going to stop, not, I'm gonna stop trying. I'm, I'm going to just say I'm going to bail. I'm going to stop trying to. Who cares? I'm not going to guess. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Someplace in Ohio. I bet it was Ohio. No, I'm going to stop guessing. I just said I'm going to stop guessing. <laughs> was it Ohio? Was I right about Ohio? No. Damn it. Now yeah. I'm northeast. I'm going to cut this out. Oh, yeah, you said that in Ohio's the Midwest. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to cut out. I'm going to stop guessing. I'm going to stop guessing. Connecticut, okay. somewhere in Connecticut. Connecticut. Maybe. Ooh, look at that. Third, <laughs> I don't want to give up too much information. Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to guess anymore. I'm not going to guess anymore. Wesleyan. Was it Wesleyan? No. Nope. Hmm. Okay. I only know Hartford. That's a city. You said you were in a suburb. So I have to stop guessing now because I don't know any other colleges in Connecticut, unfortunately. So who knows? No, it's okay. That's good. I got the laugh. I heard you laugh. That's good. That's what I'm in it for, to try to make you laugh. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, no, I've been laughing through this entire conversation. It's That's good. Awesome. That makes me feel good. What else are you doing for the rest of the day? We got four minutes left, by the way. Oh, Wow. Um, what am I doing? I'm actually going to get a massage after this. Oh, I'm yeah. Psyched. That's nice. Yeah. 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 Treat yourself. You had a long week, hard week. Treat but, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it'll be my first time. So First time I'm getting excited. a massage. It'll be good. Mm-hmm. Wow. A lot of first times. Yeah. Yoga. No, in yeah. yoga you've done about Massage. Karaoke impending first. Although you certainly didn't commit oh, to yeah, that. I can't. I can't forget about the karaoke. I would love that. No, I'll, I said I would do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll stick to my word. Any, I think anybody out there listening, if you're, if you ever wind up doing karaoke, it would mean the world to me if you inexplicably dedicated a song to me, even though I'm not present in the room. And that can be like a secret signal to anybody else in the room, any other beautiful anonymous fans. You'll know. Oh, that person's a fan. That's how we'll, we'll spot each other that way. Yeah, I want to dedicate this song to the draft, Chris Gethard, and then other people go, holy shit, you also like karaoke and that one podcast. <laughs> now we're in business, as they say. Three minutes left, my friend. Yeah. Three minutes. Mm-hmm. Wow. This call flew by. Does it always happen like that? Sometimes. Maybe, I would, maybe it hasn't flown by for you. No, it has. It has. Definitely. It's been fun. And, um, and I hope I made you laugh. I would say nine times out of ten they fly by, and then the other one out of ten is the longest hour of my month. I would say that that's kind of the ratio. But nine out of ten is a higher, <laughs> a higher, a much better batting average than anyone would predict with this show. But the callers are generally so kind and open and, and, uh, 
and people have so much to say and 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 even if they don't they just want to have a good time so nine out of ten is good but yeah if we get a stinker oh boy i'll tell you i just said that that hour is a lot of me just making uncomfortable eye contact with jared as we both just pray for the bell to ring but this has not been one of those not by a long shot this is actually one of the more fun ones i've had which I am so. I, I hope that doesn't offend you, considering it started off with us talking about the death of one of your closest loved ones. My apologies. No, it's good to know that I'm fun. A lot of times I feel like I'm not. Hey, so. I had a lot of fun trying to cheer you up, and I hope I helped in some small way. And I hope that this serves you. as some sort of audio remembrance of your grandma and your love for her, because that's a cool thing. Yeah, you're right. That really is. It's funny that I actually got through this week of all weeks. I think it's just like, I don't know, serendipitous or something, or it's just like. Yeah, that's mentally. nice to be able to put some things on record. Because can I tell you? Yeah. We had close to 4,000 calls today, and yours got through. And I think it should serve as a little bit of a remembrance to your cool grandma, who was so nice and traveled the world and had a love affair and raised a family and remained close to that family and raised a nice dog and did all sorts of things. RIP to your grandma, and it's so nice to hear your love for her, and thank you for committing it to audio via my silly little podcast. Thanks for letting me, Chris. It was my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Do you know what song you're going to dedicate to me yet? Have you decided? Oh, no. Nope. I'll have to give that some real thought, but uh, I'll definitely dedicate it to you and uh what was the one you you had in mind from Queen? Don't stop me now. I'm going to have a good time. I'm having a ball. Don't stop me now. If you want to have a good time, just give me a call. Don't stop me now. Don't stop me now because I'm having a good time. I don't want to stop at all. I'm a rocket man. <laughs> Something like that. I'm a rocket man. I don't know if that's the exact... Clearing, I'm a rocket man. Da, 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 da. Like Lady Godiva. Oh, no, go. Oh, oh, there's no stopping me. I'm moving through the sky, yeah. 300 degrees, that's why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit. I'm traveling at the speed of light. I want to make a supersonic woman of you. That was a weird ending, but I had a fun call. <laughs> Hi everyone, caller 113 here. Just wanted to give a little background on the call. I recorded this episode with Chris in January of last year, and at the time my grandmother had passed away just days before. I'd called into the show many times before to no avail, but somehow got through on one of my first tries that day. I did the episode with Chris while being in a really funny headspace and just in an overall weird time in my life. My grandmother and I were really close and had a really special and rare relationship. She was more like a second mom to me than a grandma. She was the person who picked me up from school every day as a kid. And she was the person I confided in when I had doubts about myself, my relationships, and where I was going in my life. We're also both intensely private people, and the thought of sharing such personal information about she and myself got me a little freaked out after the call, so I asked Chris not to air the episode. At the time, it seemed like the right decision, but over the last year, I've thought a lot about it, and I realized I probably would have made different choices had I been in the same mindset then that I am now. Her loss affected me in ways I could never imagine, both good and bad, and my life has changed pretty drastically since the call. 
I've come so far out of what I like to call my shell of comfort that I don't think I could ever go back, even if I tried. I guess if you commit to opening up your heart, the world might surprise you. So when I got a call from Jared and Harry last week, asking if I'd reconsider letting them air the episode, I had no doubt that the answer was yes. Then they reached out to me again today about doing this recording, which I found pretty synchronistic since my grandmother would have been 88 today, May 17th. It's little intricacies like this that let me know she's still with me and she still sees everything. I hope that others who have lost someone so close to their heart are able to find comfort in things like this, too. I'd really like to end this with a quote I heard recently while binge-watching The Office. It goes something like this. Go after what you want and act fast because life just isn't that long. Thanks for letting me be a part of this. Sending love to you all. Bye. Thank you, caller, for calling up, telling us about how you're dealing with your grandma's loss. Again, huge condolences on that. Thanks for putting up with me while I sang Queen. Very out of tune. Thank you for that. And thanks to everybody for listening to that one. And I can't wait to see how I am uh, chided playfully on the internet for that one. Thank you to so many people. Thanks to Jared O'Connell for uh, making this show happen. Thanks to the Reverend John Delore and Greta Cohn for setting it up in the first place. Thank you to Shell Shag for the intro music. If you want to know more about me, chrisgeth.com. All my projects, the different things I do, the, the dates I do out on the road, check it out. Maybe I'll meet you out there someday. If you like Beautiful Anonymous, please do rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere where you get your podcast. It really does help so much. That's that. That's all the business. We'll be back next time with more of your phone calls. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and I'll see you next time. Let's think about breakfast. When I think about breakfast, I tell you there's one item that pops into my head pretty much every time. It's a Thomas's English muffin those original nooks and crannies. This is the product that has ignited the beautiful anonymous community. Universal agreement from everyone who has heard these ads. We as a community love Thomas's original nooks and crannies English muffins. Why? Because there's nothing quite like that irresistible nooks and crannies texture. Perfectly toasted, crispy edges, soft, warm center. How the butter pools inside those little nooks and crannies. It's amazing. It's delicious. It's a burst of flavor in every warm, toasty, buttery bite. Thomas's Nooks and Crannies English muffins are truly like no other. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, we got somebody who had a rough past, but a hopeful future. My mom and dad uh, didn't have a great relationship, a great marriage, to say the least, and that led to situations where I can remember vividly at the age of six, like staying in a domestic violence shelter with my mom. Um, you know, my dad eventually like went to prison when I was 10 or 11 uh, for stealing from his company, like embezzling. You know, we, you know, we were always able to afford stuff. And I even remember thinking as a kid, like wondering how we were able to do that. And um, a couple months after he got out of prison, uh, I remember one night, pretty vividly that he and my mom just got into like the worst fight they've ever had that's next time on beautiful anonymous